0: Praise the Lord. Take to the field. Let's begin with Deuteronomy 20 tonight, verses 1 to 9. The Lord said, When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Then the officers shall speak to the people, saying, What man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. Also, what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has not eaten of it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man eat of it. And what man is there who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man marry her. The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. And so it shall be when the officers have finished speaking to the people that they shall make captains Of the armies to lead the people it's quite a passage when you go out to battle the Lord is speaking to his people as a whole this doesn't relate to us as an individual soldier although it applies there this is a corporate word a people who are moving forth to gain territory for Christ to gain some ground, to expand the kingdom of God, to push against the darkness of this world, for we wrestle against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness, wicked spirits in high places. This is a call for the church to advance. It's a call for the church, this church, to take to the field. Push against the darkness. Go against the powers of the enemy and gain some inheritance for Christ to gain for the Lamb the reward of his sufferings. Well, as we've read, there are four temptations. And we're going to begin with the last. Number four first, but here it is. Number one, anyone fearful and faint-hearted? Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Return to your house. God said, I don't want fear and timidity on the field. I don't want it in my church. It not only discourages your heart, and the heart of your brothers and sisters, but it runs directly against the word of God. It runs directly against the promises of God. God says, I don't want faint-heartedness. I don't want weak-heartedness. I don't want fear on the field of battle. The Lord said, verse 2 to 4 of Deuteronomy 20, so it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the preacher, I'm the preacher tonight, That the preacher shall approach and speak to the people, and he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid, and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. That's the word of God to his people. God says, fearfulness, anxiety timidity, faintheartedness, I don't want them on the battlefield. Get them off the field. God wants to encourage us and put strength into us, put his word into us, put his life into us, put a prophetic declaration in our mouth. Too often, too much of have spoken on the field is unbelief and doubt and perplexity and struggle and feelings, and emotions, and circumstances. God says, I don't want those things on the field. I want my people to declare the word of the Lord, that I am with them, that they should not be afraid. You know, if we're fearful and faint-hearted, how about instead of going off the field, why don't we deal with our fearfulness and faint-heartedness and stay on the field and get a right spirit and go to work with God? Numbers 10, 9 When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God. Sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. The trumpet in Scripture is the prophetic voice. It's a voice in God's people that declares the promises of God. God says, I want that trumpet in you. I want that trumpet in my people. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. We put aside the fear, the negativity, the pessimism, the circumstances, the emotions, the feelings. We have to deal with those. God says, I don't want them on the field of battle. They will interfere with your own heart, and they'll interfere with the people around you. They'll be affected, and they run against my holy word. Isaiah 51.8, cry aloud, spare not. That is, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. That's the word of God to us. Cry aloud, don't hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Begin to declare the promises. Begin to declare the Word of God in every situation. We can assess a situation, and then we lift up our voice like a trumpet. We can see what's going on. We can see the circumstances we're dealing with, and then we speak the Word of the Lord. We speak the promise of God. We say what God says. It's never wrong to say what God says. Hosea 8.1. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Maybe you've been saying things that run contrary to the word. Maybe you're seated with unbelief and pessimism and sorrow and different things of life that have come into your spirit, resentment and bitterness and Maybe you're running over at the mouth negative. The word of the Lord is, set the trumpet to your mouth. Begin to say what God says. You take up the promise of God in every situation and circumstance. Eyes wide open. We can see what's going on in our world, but then we hear the voice of the Lord, the trumpet of God in our spirit. First Corinthians 14, 8. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, nobody will prepare for battle. You won't, and neither will your family, and neither will the church of God. If the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? The certain sound is the promises of God. That's the certain sound. We declare and confess the word of God and what he has said. That's the certain sound in us. Our battle cry is always the word of God. The clear statements of the Word of God, the clear promises of the Word of God. Anyone fearful and faint hearted? God says, get it off the field. Begin to lift up your voice like a trumpet. Say what God says. Let there be inspiration. Let there be prophetic declaration on you. It doesn't matter if you're in misery and pain and circumstances and bowed down in your spirit. You are speaking the word of God. This is what God said. He is Jehovah Jireh, my healer. He is my provider. He will save me from my enemies. He will build the church. He will advance the gospel through us. When you go out to battle, let's deal with fearfulness and anxiety and negativity and a critical spirit. Let's deal with those things. Let's deal with a weak-heartedness, failure consciousness in us and say, I will speak the word of the Lord, the trumpet voice of God in my mouth. Number two, anyone planted a vineyard, started a business, started a career? On a vocation, Deuteronomy 26, also what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has, has not eaten of it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man eat of it. A business, a vocation, a career, a job. By all means, let's take care of business. But let's not forget Luke 2.49, I must be about my father's business. That we balance it out, take care of God's time, and he will take care of yours. God never intended that our occupation, our work, ever interfere with his business and his kingdom. We need to be more precise We need to seek God for wisdom, how to balance these two things in our life so that we don't encroach one way or the other, but that we serve the Lord beautifully and perfectly. I have known men and women of God, many of them are in this house today, that have served the Lord properly and fervently in their business and in the business of the house of God. This is the way of the Lord. Take care of God's time and he will take care of yours. When you start a vocation, start a business, start an occupation, it doesn't mean that you stay off the field the rest of your life. Have you planted a vineyard? Go get some fruit off of it. Establish your business and get on the field and serve the Lord. We need to balance this out in life and so the kingdom of God can advance properly so there's strength in the kingdom. Jesus said in Luke 14, a parable, said, but they all with one accord, he invited people into kingdom involvement and kingdom advancement, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Lord, things have changed. I am, I'm too busy now with my land, my business, my career, my marriage. Please have me excused. Verse 21 follows and it says, The Lord was angry. The Lord was angry with that kind of response. It shows you how dear this is to the heart of God, that we serve the duties of life and responsibilities and occupations and vocations properly and domestic duties properly, but that we do not infringe on his time and his ways and his kingdom. He needs us on the battlefield. He needs us to be pressing against the kingdom of darkness and the powers of darkness rather than just looking after our own lives and what we're involved with anyone planted a business started planted a vineyard started a business establish the business look after the job and get on the field of battle that's what the Lord says number three anyone getting married What glorious bliss it is. (laughs) Deuteronomy 20, verse 7. And what man is there who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man marry her. Marriage is an honorable estate instituted of God and signifying unto us the holy union that exists between Christ and his church. Problem is, some people, when they get married, never show up on the field again. Or if they do, they show up in a much lesser way, more intermittently, more casually, more at their own choosing. Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, he said these words, he wrote them, not I, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. Our first allegiance is to the Lord. Not to ourself, not to one another. He deserves The rightful place he is first in our lives the best way we can bless our marriage is to serve the Lord wholeheartedly together that's the best way to bless your marriage the Apostle Paul said in 1st Corinthians 7 but this I say brethren the time is short so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep, those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use this world as not misusing it, for the form of this world is passing away. We're just going to pick out that one phrase. I say, brethren, the time is short, that, so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none. There are some couples, though they're married, they serve the Lord with the same abandonment as a person that is single. They've given their lives to the Lord to serve God with all their heart, to press the claims of the kingdom, to grain ground for Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve walked with God, not just with each other, When you fall in love, fall in love with Jesus more. Get married and then get on the field. Number four, anyone starting a family? Deuteronomy 20 verse five. Then the officers shall speak to the people saying, what man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. A man who's built a new house, a man starting a family. The family needs to be established properly. The family is supremely important, but it is not the only thing that is supremely important. The family of God is also supremely important, and in fact, it has a high and holy place. Matthew ten thirty seven. Jesus said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The first allegiance is his. But as for me and my house... We will not only serve each other, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord never intended that the family would look after itself, but that the family would look after itself and serve the purpose of God. A family that has a kingdom purpose. A family dedicated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. How long does it take to dedicate a house? Anyone built a new house? Go off the field, dedicate it. How long does it t- take to dedicate a house? Well, you know, we dedicated this building in one day at best. It didn't even take that long. It took a few hours. Establish the family. Say, family, we dedicate ourselves to serve God and then get on the field. Often we hear people say in tribute, So-and-so was a great family man. As if that is the measure of a man. It's not. The measure of a man is that it would be said of him, he led his family faithfully, and all the days of his life, he and his family fervently served the house of God and the will of God. Blessed is the man, Psalm 112, that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. His family shall be mighty upon earth. His seed, his descendants shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright man shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. What a promise of God. We serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We take our family and we purpose ourselves and we say if we love ourselves more than we love God, we're not worthy to walk alongside Jesus Christ. But we will serve the Lord with all our heart and we will get on with the kingdom business. We will take to the field and make sure that the powers of darkness are pushed back in our time and generation. That we give and we serve and we pray and we worship and we push with our spiritual forces into the kingdom of darkness, that the Lord, that the Lamb may receive increase and take ground in this world. Psalm 87, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. It's quite the verse. The Lord loves... The gates of Zion, the corporate gathering where his people come to worship, enter into his presence as a congregation. The Lord loves the congregation, the family of God, more than all the individual homes that we live in. He loves them more. He loves it more. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God, O church of Jesus Christ. Glorious things are spoken of this church The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of of Jacob. Now, it doesn't say that he doesn't love the dwellings of Jacob. He loves our homes. He loves our marriages. He loves our families. He could not love them more fully. He loves our families and our homes in full measure. He couldn't give any more. But there's something he loves beyond that. He loves when the people of God gather and begin to worship and begin to pray and get involved with his business and with his kingdom and with conquest for the name of Jesus Christ in the earth. Anyone starting a family? Build your house, but build the house of the Lord. Let's continue to build our families into the house of the Lord. Serve the will of God and do the will of God. Worship team, come tonight. Take to the field. Take to the field. Deal with our temptations. Let's balance it out before the Lord. Let's ask God for wisdom to help us with our marriages and our business and our family and our responsibilities. Balance it all out properly and serve the Lord with all our heart. You know when it's family time give yourself to your family when it's family of god time give yourself to the family of god we are out of order if the ordinances of the lord fight against one one another if our family time is fighting against god's family time we're out of order we must surrender that and say lord the family of God my family there's an order there's a protocol there's a wisdom and we will follow it it's the way of the Lord well we have to take to the field church there's ground to gain for Jesus Christ we need to take to the field in unity in worship in prayer in seeking the Lord in ministry as Nate Saint said let's charge the enemy with all our energies in the name of christ the time is short the end is near multitudes are in the valley of decision we need to press the claims of the gospel we need to push with our spirit against darkness we need to move as the army of the lord in battle when you come on the battlefield the lord says Get rid of the faint-heartedness. Get rid of the fearfulness. Get your priorities in order because there's ground to gain against the enemy. and The kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ needs to be established and the Lord needs souls one into his kingdom. He needs his influence taken in this locality into the localities of earth. Take to the field in worship warfare. Come into the house of the Lord You've got your weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Dance on injustice. One of the Hebrew words for praise is, It's the imagery of arrows as God's people lift their hands. Arrows are shooting off their fingertips against the principalities and powers of darkness. And sling stones are being hurled against the giants and the powers of darkness as God's people get involved on the field, the corporate battle of the people of God to see the enemies brought down. Say, Pastor Yvonne, what are you doing up there in the front, waving your arms so feverishly and frantically sometimes? It's not what you might think. I'm just winding up my sling. (laughs) Let's take to the field in worship warfare. Let's take to the field in intercession and prayer. Our prayers must burn against the darkness. When you look at your prayers, when you think about your prayers, do they burn against the powers of darkness? Make our intercessions for you a mighty weapon, O Lord. Intercessions and groanings and travail that people be set free and come out of darkness across the planet. People broken out of bondage and captivities because God's people are contending. When Zion travails, she brings forth children. Let's take to the field in intercessions and prayers. That old lady, Anna, in the Gospel of Luke, 84 years of age, Serving God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she was praying for revival. And she was praying for the consolation of Israel. She was praying for redemption in Jerusalem. And one day the Son of God was brought into the house. She birthed the visitation. God had her in the earth as a prayer warrior to bring forth life in a dark and dismal time. Let's take to the field. Words of Charles Spurgeon, maybe you remember them. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And let no one go there unwarned or unprayed for. Let's take to the field, church. Let's take to the field. Sharpen up the weapons of intercession and prayer. Walk into the house of God in the prayer services and begin to groan for souls and that the Lamb would receive the reward of his sufferings in the earth and push against the darkness and principalities and powers. Take to the field in the world, in the Word. Study the Word. Because every advancement you make in the Word is a spiritual power in this world against the powers of darkness. There's influence, there's reach. When we study the word, God bless the CTI students and the CSR students and God bless all of you in this congregation week by week as you come under the preaching of the word. The Apostle Paul said, I commend you to the word of his grace, which will give you an inheritance. It'll gain ground against the enemy. As we study the word, there's an invisible power in us that is released that begins to push back the darkness. And all of a sudden, we find our family coming under the blessing of God and the authority of the word. And we find people that we're in touch with coming under the power of the word. Let's take to the field in the word of God. Let's take to the field with our giving, our finances, our tithes, offerings, and alms. Our money can go where we cannot go. But what a miracle it is. We give our finances and ministry departments and programs of the church flourish. And there's outreach in this city and beyond that with strategic foreign pastors and leaders and apostles and men of God who carry the work of the Lord until, untold, tens of thousands are reached and discipled for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let's spend ourselves for the kingdom. Let's spend ourselves for God. Let's open our eyes and open our spirits tonight. When you go out to battle, the Lord says, church, Christ City, when you go out to battle, Make sure you're on the field. Take to the field with the weapons. Take to the field. Have an alert mind. Have a clear spirit. Be purposely driven for the sake of the gospel. Because every advancement is an advancement for the name of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah.